Potential with Dr. Simone. It is so wonderful to be with you again for yet another episode of Untapped Potential. I hope that your week is off to a great start and that you're feeling energized and ready to get powered up for yet another week. You know, down here in Georgia, unfortunately, we've been having some very cold and dreary weather. But you know, all I can say to that is there is no, a cloudy day is no match for a sunny disposition. So I hope that the weather is beautiful wherever you are tuning in from and that most importantly, you're in a positive spirit um, today and you're ready for a new week. So of course, we have a wonderful program lined up for you today. Our guest is going to be Mr. Fabian Florent, and he is a world-class Olympic athlete. As a matter of fact, he holds the triple jump record for the Netherlands. So again, Mr. Fabian Florent is going to be our guest today here on Untapped Potential. So we're certainly looking forward to being in, in his presence this evening. But of course, as always, I would like to thank our regular listeners for their continued support of this program. So if you're a regular listener, we certainly want to thank you for being with us. So Liz in Massachusetts, Jukenia, Basilia, Anikam, the Matthew and the Senhouse family out there in the New York City area, uh, Mr. Justin Alfred out there in Houston, uh, Francis and Satney and the crew in St. Kitts, the Linfair, all the way in Guyana. And of course, we cannot forget our Canada crew, which includes Mr. Jeffrey Alexander and his wonderful family. And of course, we have Irma Marie and her crew who are up late over there in London, England to spend this time with us. So welcome, welcome everyone again. Welcome to another episode of Untapped Potential. You know, we are here each and every Tuesday at 5.30 Eastern time, uh, 6.30 Dominican the Caribbean time, just to take a mental break. And boy, do we need a break this week, right? I mean, can you imagine what just happened uh, in Washington, D.C.? I mean, I don't think we ever expected to see something like this going on in the U.S. But again, you know, we are here. We are here for a mental break. We are here just for some me time to work on our own personal goals. And of course, I hope that you've had a chance to work on those personal goals that we talked about last week. So remember last week, we were supposed to be writing down our goals. And now next week, we're going to talk about making some simple changes. Because I think a lot of times we become overwhelmed when we realize how huge of a goal we have carved out for ourselves. So next week, we will talk about how do you make some simple changes to ensure that you're able to accomplish your goal one step at a time. So again, it's wonderful to be here with you. And as a reminder, this program is brought to you through the kind compliments of Peregrine Care Management Company, a medical consulting company 
here in McDonough, Georgia. So again, thank you for being here. Go ahead and share uh, that we are on. We are ready to go. Mr. Fabian Flora is waiting and we're anxious to hear from him. So don't forget to share that we are on. Send that text, send that WhatsApp, make that Facebook post to let everyone know that we are here and we are ready to go. And of course, if this is your very first time listening to the program, we want to thank you for being here with us for our mental health break, for our power-up session, and for our me time. So we're going to put the stress and the worries to the side, and we're going to come together and just enjoy some wonderful music, an inspirational guest, and just some quick tips on how to work on our personal goals. And as you know, it is carnival season. And especially being that both Fabian and I were born in February, we are considered carnival people. So uh, in celebration of the upcoming carnival season in February, I thought we could enjoy some great uh, Calypso music uh, today. So this one is going to be from the Calypso King 2019, Calypso King of Dominica, who goes by the name JD. So let's enjoy this number as we welcome Mr. Fabian Flora to the program. And of course, don't forget to stay until the of the interview to find out exactly who will be joining us next week. And again, I always want to thank everyone who takes time out of their busy schedule to come on board to share their inspirational stories, share about the obstacles they faced along the way and how they were able to turn adversity into opportunity and success. So we always want to remember to thank the guests who make time to be with us. And of course, you know, Fabian Flora is a very busy athlete and international banker, but he's made some time to be with us here today. So again, enjoy this number from JD, a song entitled Mama, That Is Mass, as we welcome Fabian to the program. Whoa. We out on the road, out on the 
by Mr. Fabian Flora, all the way across the oceans from the Netherlands. Hi Fabian, how are you? Hi Simone, I'm good and you? Good, good, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. I know there's a significant um, time dif difference between us. So, so thank you for being with us today. Yeah, no problem. And, and it's, it's actually an honor to be on your platform tonight. Um, I, I've been looking at many interviews I saw on Facebook and and I'm very happy to be here today to, to share my journey with you and, and, and all of our viewers. So I'm Good. Good. So tell us who you are. Well, like you say, my name is Fabian Flora. I'm a Dominican-born Olympic athlete. I'm an international banker and I'm, I'm, I'm a fam family man as well. So I hold many hats, but I, I try to be the best that I can in, in every aspect of my life. But this is a, a, a brief of, of basically who I am. Yes, yes. So I think what uh, Fabian is not telling us is that, in fact, he's a world-class athlete. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to have him tell us about some of his accomplishments, but he actually holds a world record for the Netherlands, where he currently resides. So Fabian, let's just jump right into it. Tell us some of your major accomplishments. Well, I would actually have to go back all the way to, to, to Dominica because that's, that's the platform and that's where everything started. You know, I was a um, Carifta Games under 17 bronze medalist um, in triple jump. That was a, a real eye opener for me. And that was the first indication that I had that, that let me realize that, you know, I do have the potential to be great. Uh, at that time, I was trained by Mr. Emmanuel Lovac. Uh, it was just an amazing experience while I was attending SMA. And uh, from there, I moved to the US, had a full scholarship. And I just continuously worked on my athletic abilities and tried to, to improve. I became two-time NCAA All-American. And then uh, from there, um, just looking at opportunities and just continue, continuing to grow and improve my world rankings, I had an invitation for one of the top clubs in the Netherlands. And they, wanted, they invited me to, to jump for them. And seeing that I hold dual citizenship, I decided to take the opportunity to capitalize on more opportunities. And 12 years later, I'm undefeated. Um, I'm the best triple jumper in the history of the Netherlands. Um, I'm European clubs and teams um, champion. And um, I made it top 25 at the Olympic Games in 2016. Um, and I have the indoor outdoor records. So all the records that, that has to do with triple jump in the Netherlands, I basically have them. So, yes, yeah, so, so, so let me just repeat what Fabian just said. He is the most successful triple jumper in the history of the Netherlands. So for as long as the Netherlands has existed, no one has beaten your record. So just, just by way of giving us a scope of all of this, where is the Netherlands? Because some of us, you know, we're challenged with geography. So where is the Netherlands? Well, first of all, the Netherlands is, 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 is in English is, is, is Holland. So most people are more familiarized with Holland. Um, in French, you say Pays-Bas. So the Netherlands is on the western side of, of Europe. Um, Belgium is to the south, and Sweden and Denmark is to the north, and Germany is to the east. Um, so we're roughly around 30-minute flight from, from the UK, so very close to England, by the way. Um, very, very short flight. Um, so that's the location of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And what is the population of the Netherlands, um, if you would have to guess? 17 million. Yes. Yeah, so Yes, I just want to put that into perspective, what you just said about being, you know, the record holder for the triple jump in the history of the 17 million people who live in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's what Dashing and Fee can do for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So congratulations. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yes, congratulations. So now let's go back to where it all began for you. So tell us a little bit about growing up in Dominica. Um... I would say it was very competitive for me, as you know, um, first of all, it was, it was, it was also a challenge as well, because growing up in Dominica, education is number one. Um, our generation of parents, they believe that the only way you can be successful is by making sure you invest in a good ed education, get your degree and start working and, 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 you know, invest in real estate and build your family. And then that, that is the way that they did it. So I had to find myself in a situation where I had to balance playing a lot of sports because I was also part of the um, under-20 national football team in Dominica and I was doing athletics as well. My last year in high school, I actually made 
um, the Under 20 World Championships for athletics. And I also made the World, World Cup Under 20 for football. So it was very, very competitive, very challenging. And I just found that only after I went to the US that I, I saw how talented I was because then I realized that, wow, all the, the, the organic food that we were eating mm -hmm. and the farming that people complain about, all the hills and stuff, all those contributed towards making me extremely strong mm -hmm. and building all of my joints and my ligaments to a point where once I had that, that basis of fitness, I couldn't go underneath that. And that basis is basically what has led me to be undefeated in the Netherlands because no matter how hard anybody trains at this point, they can never pass me because I've built such a strong basis from my youth in Dominica that you just can't compete. You know, playing football all, all summer long, when football is all over, I'm playing athletics on a competitive level internationally, traveling to Guadalupe, Martinique, all the Caribbean islands, and then eating healthy, organic food. It just, it was just the best youth you could ever ask for an athlete. And that's basically the secret to my success as far as the basis. Yeah, so I'm sitting here, Fabian, and I'm sitting here in awe because I'm thinking to myself, why haven't we employed you? And I'm jumping ahead of my conversation, but it just occurred to me. Why haven't we employed you to promote Dominica? Because you do such a brilliant job of telling us how that foundation you've, you had growing up in Dominica has served you for your entire life and has made you an elite athlete. You know, that, that is a plan that's in the making. I'm, I'm actually in contact with the, with the government right now. Good. I hope that this is something that could be done very quickly, especially mm -hmm. as there's plans to build a new um, stadium uh, mm -hmm. for athletics, probably athletics and football. So I want to be in the forefront of that development. And I am planning to... Um, to start off my kick off my nonprofit organization next year that is solely devoted in building certain projects in Dominica. So it's not about just sending a box of shoes or clothes. It's about seeing what school or what sports club or what village needs a, um, a basketball court or maybe um, some football goals or, or balls or something. And then we could, we could have that project towards that development and then we can build from there and just keep on going. And then we can really take advantage of the talent that we have because we do have talent in Dominica. I'm an Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the, the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, when we were growing up in Dominica, we complained so much about having to walk everywhere of the rugged terrain, the sun, too much sun, too much rain. And yet you're sitting here saying that is exactly what, for, you know, the food, or oh, we don't have, you know, all the, the different fast food restaurants. We have to eat fig and dashin, you know, and here you are sitting saying that is what fortified you and led to your success. Basically, and, and then another thing is that the fact that we didn't have an Olympic stadium or, or, or professional stadium, it was sort of like something that was really needed, but at the same time, it did force us to utilize the grass fields that we have. And that is one of the success for Jamaica, for example. They do majority of the training on the grass uh, surface because why? It's softer on the joints and it, it mm. sort of helps you stay healthy. So I've never had any injuries since I was in Dominica. My first injury I received was when I went to university in my first year. So that's to show you how healthy and how careful um, our system actually is. Um, and then as far as like the diet, I mean, you just can't complain. I, I can never forget my second year in university. I went to GNC store. It's a nutritional store in the U.S. And I actually saw a pill that actually was a dashing pill. <gasps> so there, there was a dashing pill for around 25 U.S. dollars. And that wow, was a dashing pill. The yams and the, and the dashing and all the ground provisions that we eat is so beneficial for us. But people just don't realize it. Yeah, and you know, this is a whole other conversation, but it, it just seems like we're moving away from that because we're hearing a lot of people, they don't want to be bothered with peeling dashing and peeling fig and doing all the preparation it takes, but that's a whole other conversation. But let me ask you this, and again, if anyone is just joining us, we're speaking to world-class athletes and international businessman, Mr. Fabian Flora out of Dominica. And we are certainly honored that he is joining us today on Untapped Potential. Now, Fabian, do you say, would you say that a lot of your success came because you had natural ability? I would say it's also my, my, um, my devotion in, in being great. Um, you know, when we speak about talent, when you compare me to a lot of other athletes around the world, you can categor categorize me as a talented athlete, 
but I really see myself as a hard worker. Um, and coming from Dominica, you, you really, oh, and just generally speaking, coming from the Caribbean, you really have to put yourself in a situation where if you want to be number one, you really have to prove yourself. If you go to school and you want to be number one, you have to earn that respect from, from getting the A's and the grades. And, and, and if you want to be number one in any other sports, you have to win. So I think I basically have the basis of a competitive nature from being raised in Dominica as far as like failure is not an option in combination with the talent that I have. But I, I would say Usain Bolt is a talent. I have to really work hard for what I wanted. I have to invest in a coach, pay him a salary for four years and work train for four hours every day to get to the Olympics. So it wasn't something that I just woke up and I was already number one. I actually worked to that, to that level. So I am talent, but I, I am a hard worker as well. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. Um, talent with no discipline is null and void. Sure. Because you can have the greatest talent in the world, but if you're not optimizing your performance by pushing yourself, then the talent is going to sit on the shelf. Yeah, definitely. And I, I proved that as well um, from university because um, there were many friends that I had that were already um, world champion caliber athletes when I started college and they didn't make it to the Olympics or they never made it as far as I did because they didn't have the discipline to maintain the training throughout their college career and when they were finished. And, um, and I did because I, I, I stayed with it. I stayed with the hard training in the sun, in the rain, in the snow. It didn't really matter. I just continued training hard and made up my mind that I'm never going to stop until I achieve this goal. And, and I did it, basically. Yeah. Now you talk about your, um, your coaches in Dominica. Can you tell us a little bit more about who were your mentors and your coaches that uh, really helped you to excel? Yeah, well, everybody knows Emmanuel Loblak. Yes. He's called uh, Lobi. Um, he's the, the head coach of Olympia and Safedi Club. And I, I just never forget one day I was walking from school from SMA and I was walking through Winter Park and I saw that um, there was a really nice club training and they were very structured and everything. And, and that gravitated me towards um, to that club. And when I had a meeting with Mr. Loblak, he said that, you know, that I could join the club. And uh, from that moment is when my career just sort of picked up and I... Uh, you know, a few months after joining the club, I had qualified for the Carifta Games, which is the Caribbean Youth Championship Games. And surprisingly, I got a bronze medal. Coming from Dominica, we got a, a track yeah. uh, stadium and I had to compete against Jamaica, Bahamas, all the countries that were fully developed. So that showed you how much um, um, talent that we have on the island and also how good of an inspiration Mr. Loblak was to me at that moment. He really made the path for me to be successful in athletics. And actually, he's the one that introduced me to triple jump. Mm -hmm. I was mainly sprinting and, and running in Dominica. And he said, you know, Flora, I want you to try something. I can never forget that day. I will never forget that day. And I said, okay, he's like, I want you to try triple jump. And I, I said, I've never heard about that. He actually made uh, a board for me. And he said, I want you to run, hop on one leg, switch to the other one and jump. And I tried mm -hmm. it on my first try. And from that point, it was just a continuous acceleration to the uh, Carifta Games in Martinique. And then I got a bronze medal there. And at that time, triple jump was very popular in the Caribbean because we also had Jerome, Jerome Romain, who won a bronze medal at the 1995 World Championships for Dominique as well. Mm -hmm. So it was something that was very inspirational. And I could look up to Mr. Loblack and also to Jerome Romain as an inspiration to to strive to excellence. And you know, and you know, folks like Mr. Loblack, they are our unsung heroes. Because he, I know as a, as a matter of fact, he's still training right now because I have a friend on Facebook, uh, Mitchell Davis. Oh, yeah, and right. I know he's one of his trainers as well. And you know, folks like Mr. Loblack, they do so much with so little, um, Fabian, that we really have to commend their tireless, their tireless effort to push Dominican athletes and look how far you've gotten and there are countless other people we're probably not even aware of that he has trained who have gone on to, done, to do great things. I, I can make a, a, a very um, uh, crazy assumption and say maybe 85% of every athlete that has come out of Dominica probably at one point, maybe even higher, has gone to Mr. Black. Yes. Whether he touched them in school or he had an impact on them through the club, but he has been so instrumental in not only in athletics, but also in football because he also is a strength and conditioning coach for, for the football team. And you, you have always seen his results and he has it in his heart. I mean, there's no words to really describe how much he has given. He's, he has given, dedicated his whole life in developing athletics. And, you know, I just wish that we can maybe speed up the process of getting this stadium and that he can actually, maybe we can even name it after him, but he has to be involved in, in, in continuing to develop the talent that we have on the island. 
Yeah, certainly. So, you know, if he's never been officially thanked, we want to thank him today for all the tremendous work he does to uh, promote, um, you know, sports in Dominica. And even for those who may not have advanced as far as you, just teaching them that discipline yeah, that comes from being an athlete, you can take that into any particular field that you're interested in. So let's move ahead a little bit and tell us about what the transition was like when you got that scholarship. First of all, how did you feel about getting a scholarship and then the transition from Dominica to the U.S.? Yeah, I was just excited. You know, the thing about it is um, because we didn't have an athletic stadium in Dominica, I, I was um, touring all of the islands. I've been to almost every single Caribbean island. So um, we were at the OECS um, championship games in um, Totola and uh, I was recruited by a coach there that was from St. Kitts. And he said, listen, I have a, I'm a head coach of a university in the U.S. I'd like you to compete for us, et cetera, et cetera. And within a month and a half, I did the paperwork and I was gone. Wow. Uh, but I was excited for it because it's a target that you have, right? So you, if you're good in football, then you hope to get recruited by a club. If you're good in, foot, in, in athletics, you hope to get a full scholarship to a university and then you can go on to the next step of getting your, earning your degree, but also leading you to a path towards being professional in the sport. So once I got the, the, the scholarship, I was gone in two months and then I was just really excited and eager to start my career because I knew what my potential was at that time. And I was just excited because I said to myself, no proper facility, um, being able to do what, have, what I have done with the limited facilities that we have, what if I could just fully get the support that I need and just yeah. push it? I was just ready to go. I was excited to get there. And I got there. Of course, it was winter time, so it was cold. Was <laughs> I'm sure. I felt the foidy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to acclimatize right away and um, just get into the rhythm of things. And I mean, yeah, when you focus, it's really easy to transition into things that you know is going to be better for you. Mm -hmm. And tell us where, where in the U.S. you actually ended up? Yeah, so at first I went to, to Missouri. So I went to Missouri State University. I, I was two-time NCAA All-American there. And then um, I did my undergraduate, uh, um, my Bachelor's of Science in Finance there, and also did my Master's in Business and Sports Management. And after that, um, through traveling back and forth to, um, in, in Europe, I met a Cuban coach that, that was really excited to train me because at that time I, I really didn't have a coach and um, he offered to train me and then from there I moved on to Florida because the warm weather was so important and even if I left Dominica and I was talented and I was doing well, I didn't realize at that time how important the warm weather was to, to, towards my recovery and my development mm -hmm. until I moved down to Florida, which is the same climatic condition of Dominica and I really started accelerating. So that was kind of like my path. I went to Missouri, went to school there, did my education, um, did some banking as well while I maintained my professional status. And then from there, I moved on to Florida. And yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm listening to you talk and I'm just awed and I'm thinking, why don't we have a more established sports program in Dominica? Because the way I think about it, and I'm sure you know Dunstan Maggie Peters, and he works tirelessly as well. And he's actually secured scholarships for Dominicans to travel to the U.S. as well. So it just seems like there is so much that could be done if we invested more in sports. Now, what would you say to someone who's considering the path that you took? But it seems like such a lofty goal because we do not think of sports as a potential career in Dominica. Yeah, the thing about it is we, we, have to, we have to change our mindset in not thinking of um, sports as a sort of like a career, but see it as a path towards success. So, for example, um, see it as uh, if you're a youth in Dominica, you have to see sports as a gateway to get your education for free. Your right. talent is expected to perform well, but at the same time, the university is going to reward you by giving you education for free. By the time you finish your degree, you're going to be you're not going to have any debt and you're going to basically be at the top of your performance. So that's the first thing is to, in, to see the benefits of having sports, not as a career, but what it can do for you. Mm -hmm. So it's a gateway. So, so maybe we can start encouraging young people to think of the potential of receiving free education if you optimize your, your sports ability. But then when, when I spoke with Dunstan, I had him for an interview and he said, if, for example, a, a student is not behaving, the parent uses the removal of sports as a punishment. Correct, because they, they, don't, they don't understand that way of life. Like I say, our, our generation and, and the parents that we, and, and, and the new generation that, that is there in Dominican right now, 
has not seen sports as a means of being successful. That's mm -hmm. You have a, a very small percentage of people from the island making it successfully in cricket, um, football, and athletics as well. So as a parent, you kind of tell your, your, your son or your daughter, okay, you know, just focus on sports, you'll be okay, because there has to be a balance. But if you kind of guide them and teach them how to, or support them in a way that they can balance the sports and the education, that is what's going to make them su su successful. Because when they go overseas, and they get a scholarship, they still have to maintain the grades because it's not about sports. When you go to the US, if you don't have good grades, you're off the team and you have to go back to Dominica. So it teaches you how to balance very well. So we have to try to accept um, somebody that's talented and tell them, okay, I know that you're training a lot, but it looks like your grades are being decreased right now, but we need to do something to make sure that your grades stay high while your performance stay high so that you could have a better balance. And that's what we need, not to take them away from the sport, but to help them achieve better balance, whether that's going to the school, talking to the sports teacher, to the teachers and say, can you help my son or my daughter to have better balance? Don't take them out, but just try to assist them. And that's what we need. Yeah, yeah. And I, I almost think of it like a dance, you know, the dance between sports and, and academics, because the sports teach, teaches you the discipline to, to focus on your schoolwork. And then the sports also opens doors for you in terms of potentially receiving a scholarship. But I, I just think we need a little bit of a mindset um, change in Dominica to see the value in sports and even if you don't advance to be an elite athlete like you just think of the health benefits that you will receive from being in sports yeah, i'm a big advocate of uh, health equals wealth mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know sometimes you are so successful and you might maybe have a lot of all of the money in the world but if you're not healthy it doesn't mean anything to you so the only way to really enjoy life is to be healthy and then there's many there's many benefits besides just um, uh, just um, being healthy as, as well as the sports. The fact that you can finish a four-year degree, first of all, if you have an, an international um, um, scholarship, you're talking about maybe thirty to 50,000 US dollars per year is what the school is spending for you. You get your clothing for free, your laundry is done, everything is your treated, and plus you get a salary. So it's really a professional contract that you receive. And then by the time you finish and you go into the work world, you're going to realize that all the American friends that you graduated with have debt and you mm -hmm. don't have so you're head of, of life, you know? Yeah, but I'm, but I'm going to be devil's advocate here for a minute because I'm sure some of our listeners who are listening to you right now are thinking, well, you know, um, Fabian is the exception to the rule. You know, Fabian is the exception. That's not really what happens. He's talking about all the scholarship and, you know, having a debt-free debt education, but he's really just the exception. That's not the rule. That's not reality. I, I, I kind of dis, dis, disagree there. Okay, I could be a little, a little bit of the exception, but it's all about how we raise our children and how we guide them towards what we want them to achieve. At the end of the day, everybody needs to get a degree to, to better themselves and to make sure that they have more opportunities in life. I'm just showing you guys how you can have a different path of helping them to get there. Encourage them to do the sports, push them. If they need a pair of shoes, try to get the shoes for them. And if you see that the grades are lagging behind, then try to see if you can assist them by having extra classes or something but see the path that they could take to being successful and it can happen and there's a lot of dominicans with talent that could actually get there yeah and i think it speaks well to um observing the natural talent in your in your children so yes we may have some kids who are not uh, a natural athletes like you are but what are the other talents because I think too much we focus on, you know, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, and we don't see other opportunities like the, the, the world of art, the world of music, the world of sports. We have this narrow-minded concept, and then sometimes our children do not get to live their best lives by pursuing their passion. Because once you found your passion, you found your purpose. Yeah, but the thing about it is, we, I don't think that we're... We are, um qualified enough in Dominica to decide what talent is, okay? There's, I don't know, there's over 2,000 universities in the U.S. Maybe you don't get a scholarship for the Division One or the Division Two, but there are so many universities that if we have a system where the kids could be recruited or could be given an opportunity to apply for these colleges by the time they're in fourth form, for example, I'm pretty sure almost everybody can get a scholarship as long as they have the grades, the SATs or the necessary grades to get there. So yeah, not everybody's as talented as me, but does that mean somebody cannot get a musical scholarship, um, a dancing scholarship? Yeah, there are a lot of different avenues of getting scholarships. It's just that we just don't explore it enough. 
Yeah, so I think what we're saying here is just keep an open mind. Just keep an open mind to what your child's passion is, what their interests are, and how you can develop that to potentially get them. Because at this point, everybody needs to go to college, if you ask me. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially if you live up here in the U.S., that piece of paper is gold. So you can be the most, the, 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 the most creative person, you know, the most talented person. But unfortunately, if you don't have some kind of certific certificate or diploma or, or degree to show that you're competent, a, a lot of times the doors will not open to you. So I'm certainly enjoying this conversation with you. I'm Fabian. And if anyone is just joining us, we're speaking to world-class athlete, Mr. Fabian Laurent. He's in the Netherlands. He's about, what, six hours ahead of us. So he's in the Netherlands and he's telling us all about his experiences of how he was able to turn his talent, his discipline for sports and create a path for him out of Dominica and into a whole new world. And what a world it has been, right, Fabian? So how did you end up in the Netherlands? <laughs> <laughs> people just wondering how is this guy Dutch you know um, I, I was born in the Dutch passport because my grandparents worked for Shell in, in Curacao one of the Dutch islands back in the, mm. in the so, um, because of that my mom uh, you know she has a Dutch passport I basically inherited the passport so I always had it I just never really did anything for it but when I, I reached I reached to a point where I would say that I, I was at the maximum level that I could have achieved for Dominica, in other words, that there was a point where there just wasn't enough funding to make it to the next level, and that is getting to the Olympics. And I, I you know, I, I had to make a decision. I, I said to myself, okay, well, I can maybe go to Europe and see if the grass is greener there, or I can just sort of maybe fade and end my career because there's no help. I got to a point where I received, I had a professional coach. He wanted a salary. I wanted to get some funding. I couldn't get that funding, and I couldn't work and do that at the same time. So I, I, you know, at 25, I just took a leap of faith and I, I messaged um, the federation there. They invited me to, to a meeting and that was it because my distance already was more than the Dutch record. So for them, it was a no-brainer. Like, okay, you can come and we'll see how it goes. And from there, I just took advantage of the opportunity and I just accelerated because for me, even if I was going to represent the Netherlands, I saw it as an opportunity for me to really maximize my potential and see in what way I can give back to Dominique and see how I can get them or any other Dominican to, to sort of maximize the potential. So that's basically how it went. Right. So, so you took a leap of faith by sending that email that and email. saying, hey, take a look at me. Yeah, I just sent the email, copy of the passport, and I say, this is me. Let me know what was possible. And they responded right away and they say, um, let's go, you know, and I said, okay. And I, I think after receiving the email one month later, I was invited to the best um, athletic club in, in the Netherlands. And then that was it. Wow. Um, I spent every summer there doing international competitions like the European Championships, the World Championships, etc. And then it just accelerated from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so you talk about um, needing sponsorship, being able to pay your coaches. And I think for a lot of athletes, that's a concern as well. So along the way, how, how have you been able to pay for your coaches without having a major sponsor? Yeah, well, before I got, my first sponsorship was with ASICS, the running, the running brand, and then later on I was with Adidas. But before I got to that point, even when I was in Dominica and before I got my scholarship, I think I was around 16 or 17, I said to myself, well, you know, your athletic ability is limited. So at one point, you have to stop and you, you have to depend on your career. So I made a plan at that age to not really give up on my uh, my career and my degree, but to make sure that is in balance with what I was trying to achieve. So while I was um, doing my undergrad, I was also working in, in banking. I was working with Wells Fargo and I basically funded myself. Mm. So I just worked really hard, a lot of overtime, and I took that extra salary and I basically paid my coach until I was ranked top 10 in the world. And then I got my, my full contract. And then that's when everything just snowballed into making it to the Olympics. Wow. So, so having a plan, very important. Yeah, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Amen. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a big, a big advocate for that. Um, I just made sure that I made a proper plan towards being successful. As soon as I exited college, I uh, made sure that I worked in the bank. I maintained that as my, my source of income. And I just kind of worked around that with my training and with my coaching. I told, explained to the coach that I'm a full-time banker, but if he comes to, to me in Missouri, that we can work it out where we can train after work and we can do it. And he was okay with it. And I just 
paid him a salary and I just went with the flow and, and I maintained that until I was good enough to not work. Yeah, but but you know, you know, Fabian, I, I I can hear the voices in my head and and what people are saying, and they're probably saying, well, that's that's well and good to have a plan, but so many of us start on a journey, and when it becomes really difficult, like balancing a full time job and full time um, coaching and obligations to sports, and I'm sure you had to go uh, to a lot of hits and a lot of events, and it just becomes too much, and then we say, you know what? Something's got to give. Why did you never get got, got to that point? What keeps you going? Yeah, well, discipline and the drive. Like, you know, the difference between patience and discipline. Patience is, is waiting for, for one target, one goal. It could be short term, like, you know, a kid telling his parent, well, I want to get this pair of, uh, of Air Max or something. And the parents are like, okay, if you get an A, I'll give it to you. But discipline is getting the A's as long as possible and not knowing if your parents are really going to give you the shoes, you know? Right. So, that discipline is very important if you make if you make a goal for yourself especially if you know that if you achieve that goal it has a, a lifetime impact on your life you just stick to it i had so many difficulties in terms of managing um the coach and training the cold weather and everything but i just kept on going because i felt like unless i i made it to the olympics i wouldn't know if i've given my my um i've reached my full potential this was, I was in Dominica. We didn't have an athletic uh, stadium. I, I know that I didn't reach my full potential. So I pushed myself to get the scholarship. Now that I'm, I'm in university, I said to myself, okay, I've never had a professional coach with me all the time. I need to experience that to know for sure when to shut it down, when to continue. Unless I had that, I wasn't going to stop because I would end up living my life saying, hey boy, I could have been this person. I could have been that. I, I didn't want to ever have any regrets. So what I did is in my planning, I made sure that I didn't have obligations that would defer me from my plan so i kind of just made sure that everything was simple that my expenses were kind of low that i maintained the job in the bank and that i kept everything flexible in a way that i can always move and travel and do what i have to do so the more you take on your plate is the harder it is for you to achieve your goal you kind of be working full-time trying to train and then you have all kinds of other things going on in the background it's just not going to happen you have to keep it limited so that you're flexible in trying to achieve your goal and that's basically what i did in my planning yeah so i'm hearing you saying two things that i'm very impressed with i think what i'm hearing you saying is you always remembered where you came from and it's it's so true because i feel the same way too you always remember what you did not have access to so you always remember not having that professional opportunity in Dominica, not having a, a major stadium, a major structural program, and just having that hunger so that when you got the opportunity, you, you knew you would just excel. And I also hear you saying that you always wanted to meet your full potential. You know, the name of the radio show is Untapped Potential. Yeah. I, I think I need to change the name because of you. <laughs> But, but just wanting to get to the top of your potential. So am I hearing you correctly? Correct. That's 100% correct. Um, inside, I like to feel like I'm, I'm the type of person that I get worried and it stays on my mind a lot if I feel like I didn't give something of my all. So when I look at my path to success from the time I was a youth in Dominica all the way to um, you know my senior championships, I just make sure that when I go to practice every day that I give it everything and that when I leave, I feel accomplished. And like I said, I always look back of where I came from, what I had and what, what I needed. And then what I, what I need to basically be successful, that's what I make sure I focus on. Like, okay, I know I need to have good facilities. I know I need to have good physiotherapists, a good team to build. And, and I also compare myself with other Olympic world champions that I train with. And I see what they have. And unless I have that, I'm not going to know if I reach my full potential because I've not really fully gotten everything that I need. So that's always in the back of my mind. And that's what keeps me going. Yeah. And, and I think the lesson here for all of us is sometimes we look at successful people like you and we see everything that's involved in your success now, but we don't realize that you started with nothing. You started yeah. with nothing. You started with your, your talents and your discipline. That's all you started with. Oh, this discipline. I just made up my mind that I was going to be the, the best that I could be in, in athletics. And after I, I won multiple championships in Dominica, I proved myself. Then I went overseas. I was top three in the Caribbean. I proved myself. Then I made it to the World Junior Championships. And I just said to myself, okay, if I'm doing all that stuff, eating dashing and vegan training on grass, 
<laughs> what would happen if I have full supplements, I have a, a, an Olympic stadium, I have a physiotherapist and all that stuff. I have to make it to the Olympics. It's impossible. And that's basically what I did for myself. Yes, so yes. Back home, I have to feel, think like that. If you're a musician and, 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 and you've been playing in a band and you know that, you know, the studio that you have is not the best, but if you have the best studio, you know you can prov provide more vocals and stuff. You have to get to yourself to try make an album in that way and see if it will really, you know, be that way, you know? And, and the same thing with studying. If you, if you study and you just get in these and you know that, man, you know, if I have this computer, I'm going to, I'll be able to do more research and I can get an A. You have to, unless you do that, you should not be satisfied. You should always push yourself to that limit. Absolutely. So it sounds like the Olympics was always your goal. So you did everything you did because you, want, you knew that if you made it to the Olympics, then you had reached the top of your potential. So tell us about that experience when you got your first invitation to join the Olympics. Yeah, you know, okay, so in my planning, I, I try to see what is the highest level I could achieve. In education, that's being a doctor, PhD, right? You cannot really go any further than that unless you want to go to the moon or something. Then it can be a <laughs> And then I said, okay, in sports, what's the highest achievement? Olympic athlete is 0.001% of the world population. If you have that, if you have made it to the Olympics, you're basically one in how many millions or billions of people. And then you're basically a doctor in the sport. You have reached the highest level. So when I did the, the best in Dominica, then I, I was one of the best in the Caribbean. Then I made it to the World Junior Championships. Then I went to the university. I proved myself. I won there. Then the next move was the professional. I said to myself, well, you know what? Athletics have given me free education is it has given me a good job in banking because you, in the American culture, once you have a sports background, they don't really care about the degree because everybody's applying with a degree. They just say, wow, you know, you're a professional athlete, you have discipline, you have drive. We want that kind of a character in our job, you know, in our company. So it, it did everything for me except for reaching the maximum. And that maximum for me was getting to the Olympic. I just continued tra uh, trying and I, I, I evaluated what I needed at that point, the gaps, the closing the gaps to basically get there. I got the full-time trainer. I moved to Florida for the warm weather. I built a team. I made sure I had a physiotherapist, uh, sponsored for a car, a car company. Everything that I needed, I made sure I had it. And then I hit the qualification in Florida. Um, I went to a competition there. I jumped the Olympic limit. And then that basically changed everything because mm. now after the Olympics, everything that I've done, um, I actually, it actually equated to the positive results I was looking for. So now the formula that I, I created worked. Yes. And the year of the Olympics, it was crazy because at that time, I didn't even have a coach. Wow. I didn't have a coach at that point because my contract ended with my coach. And I said to myself, okay, I've learned everything all my life, even going back from what Mr. Loblack taught me. And I said, okay, this is the point where I feel like I can write my own program and I can actually make it. So I bought an exercise book um, the year before the Olympics and I wrote down every single thing in detail for different types of training. If it was raining, if it was snow, it was hot, temperature, different um, way my body will react. And I followed the book to the T and then even down to the time when I actually qualified, I hit the qualifications at that time. And then that is when I, I had more confidence in what I was doing. And I realized that, okay, you have this under control. And I hit the qualification and that was it. Wow. Now, now remind us which, which Olympics um, you went to. The most recent, the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Wow. Good and, for you. Uh, yeah. I, I hit the limit and then I, I got prepared there. And I went to a training camp in Portugal. We were there for three weeks. I had the opportunity to be coached at that time with Ryan Arreda, which is the best, um, one of the best coaches in the world. My training partner was a world Olympic champion in triple jump. So everything synced in very well as far as like what I was hoping for. I can now say that I've been coached by the best of the best. I've been, I had a training partner that was the best of the best. So that actually helped my, um, my mental state going into the Olympics. When I got there, it was just like a normal competition. There was no nervousness. There was no anxiety. It was just like a normal day of training. Mm -hmm. And I was there and stuff. I had my second best performance of the year there and uh, it just came in and went out so quickly and stuff and that's basically how it works you know the opening ceremony and the closing ceremony is what the hype is but once you're actually in the Olympic Games it's really just like a normal competition for all of the top athletes because you have to maintain that level of professionalism to be able to perform. Yeah, you have, to, you have to be able to stay calm and not get nervous of the, you know, thousands and millions of people watching you on the media. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's why having a really good, solid group um, and makes a difference. You know, your training partners, if they're experienced and not, and not, you know, really nervous and, oh my God, if I'm going mm-hmm. to push kind of just relax like okay I'm especially really- when you see other famous athletes you're like oh my god you send both and then your your head is spinning all over the place and you forgot what you came to do you can get distracted and i, I, I always say people there's three different types of people that make it to the olympics you have the people that i call the athletes i call the tourists they just want to be there they don't care whatever happens they want to take pictures and stuff and then you have the second group of people that really want to come and perform and see you know how well they can perform and then you have the this the third group of people that are already experienced athletes and they're going for the gold medal and these are the people that, that are just focused on winning their second gold medal and stuff and those are the three types of people, athletes that make it to the olympics yeah 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 now speaking of um repeat olympic performers you also qualified for tokyo 2020 didn't you well i the, the, there's there's a lot of changes that happen with within the, the qualification so uh, recently they changed and the rules is that you have to be top 35 uh, 32 in the world and the top 32 goals that's the second qualification but then they implemented um, a point system um, compared to the last Olympics so um, you earn points throughout the world competitions that you do if you win your national championships you get the maximum points that point system in collaboration with your distance that you jump puts you in the top for example 50 and then they select the top 32 the second way of getting into olympics is by hitting the a standard and that's just a very high standard that you hit and if you hit that standard that you go in so i'm still working on achieving those qualifications because since covid happened a lot of things have changed and and shifted and then um i have to go into the qualifications from january till June is the qualification. Yeah, because because that is what I was going to ask you. You know, you do all that preparation. You've done, I mean, you've done years of preparation. And then to hear that the, the, the Olympics for 2020 is, is, postponed, is postponed. I mean, yeah. how do you feel about that? Well, it was, it was devastating because um, I was planning to say, okay, I was planning to retire after my this Olympics because I said, okay, I've really given it everything that I had. Um, I'm exhausted because it does take a lot of effort and time and energy. Don't forget, we're talking about for the past 30 something years of, of my life, I've not been able to really party as much as other people think. I, I can't drink. I don't really drink. I had to really take that discipline throughout all my life. I've really not enjoyed time with friends and family because, you know, athletics is a year round thing. We start training in September to prepare for the next year. Then January time comes, it's indoor indoor lasts until march and then you start your outdoor season outdoor season in america is from march till june and then the european season starts from june till october and then you have one month off and i've been doing that schedule for my entire life Mm -hmm. so i've sacrificed sacrificed so much just to maintain that professional level that i'm actually looking forward to a rest as well i I like i would like to be normal and just give back to the community and see in other ways, I can, I, can, I can contribute towards the development of sports and stuff. So it took a lot. It takes a lot. And now I have to replan again to go to Tokyo 2021. And yeah, when I heard the news, it was devastating because I said, wow, okay, I've already planned for a whole year. And now all of my planning is useless because now there's no um, Olympics. And we don't even know if there will be one in 2021. There's speculations that the, um, the, the, the Japan um, Prime Minister wants to have a vaccine first and if there's no vaccine the game is not going to go of course there's a lot of politics and a lot of sponsoring that's involved so yeah it's going to be advertised as happening but if the vaccine is not um is not in full effect it's not going to happen what about the athletes if if i'm going to take a vaccine that maybe is going to jeopardize my health i'm not going to do it mm-hmm. so i'm happy that i've already achieved the olympics and this one will be a bonus for me but if it doesn't happen i'm okay yeah, yeah, certainly. I completely agree with you because it seems like your whole life has been sacrifice and deferred gratification. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, so, so I like, I, I mean, you should write a book. There should be a movie on you because, you know, you laid out a plan, you yeah. worked and you executed it. And it's almost like you're ready to start a different season of your life now. Right. Yeah, mainly focusing yeah. on just giving back, family, spending time with my son and just you know, focusing on, 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 on creating a, a, a future for them and also the, for the people that I inspire. Because I know that, you know, m- my audience is very diverse. I have, you know, Dominicans, I have Americans, I have Dutch people, I have Europeans. And sometimes I forget how much people are that, that I influence around the world because 
I have random messages on my social media, maybe triple jumpers from India or somewhere in Asia and, they, Asia and they look at my profile and they said, you know, you've really inspired us to do well and I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. But when I look at your videos and I look at your, your inspiration, it really makes me push to that next level. So I, I want to always maintain a positive profile that could inspire people to do great. Mm -hmm. And now thinking of talking about what's next for you, I see I read on your profile, you're also a PhD student. Do you yeah. have any more potential, Fabian? <laughs> I'm going to the moon. No, I'm I, coming with you. Let's go, let's go. No, we get a whole Dominican uh, group there. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I said, when I, started, when I started planning for my life, one of the things that I wanted to achieve was just to, to reach the, the, the maximum that I can in every avenue of life. And um, the PhD is just a lifetime goal that I would like to achieve. There's no real expiration on it. I just want to knock it off. I got accepted into the university, uh, Northern Arizona already is online. I've already started, but I've not really continued as much as I want because there's so much other things going on mm -hmm. including the Olympics, but it's a lifetime goal that I'd like to achieve. I've already done the Olympic thing already. Like that was the highest of the highest and I'm a doctor in sports already. Now I just want to make sure that I get the PhD so that I can have the credentials to be able to be more of a motivational speaker and show people the path to success. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's why I got a PhD too. Because really? it, you just feel the need to reach the pinnacle, yeah. right? You've done all this work, you've done, you've you've exercised all this discipline, and you feel like for a personal gratification, not for any other reason. Because I had no clear path, like wanting to become, you know, the dean of a university or the president of a university. I've always been interested in edu in, in education. But yeah. for me, it was like this personal yearning that if I did not feel like, you know, like you, you you'd be considered a PhD in sports because you've made it to the Olympics. Yeah. I just felt like all the work I had done before yeah. would not be as good if I didn't have the cherry on, on top of the pie, the PhD. So and I see what you're saying. From, we, uh, from we, within. And it, it's a personal thing. Some people are leaders. Some people are followers. Some people are just okay with the minimum. And if, if that's how you live your life, okay. But if you're a person that always strives for excellence and you keep on um, pushing and pushing, if you're already smart and, and, and you know how to write the papers and you, can, you have an idea and you have gone through some adversities and you can have your thesis, why not just do it? Is, you know, just follow that path and then you can be successful. It can yeah. happen. Yeah, certainly. So as we get ready to wind down, and I could speak to you all day, Fabian, so I hope you'll come back and speak with us um, mm -hmm. again as you start this new phase of your life um, outside of sports. Hopefully we can have Tokyo 2021 out of the way so you can venture in other directions. So just tell us as we get ready to wind up, um, what's next for you? You talk about your nonprofit organization. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? Yeah, that's something that's been in the, in, in the back of my mind for, for many years since I made it successfully because um, for me being a product of Dominica, it's, it's very hard to enjoy my successes without um, contributing back home in some kind of a way. Like no matter how successful I am, no matter how much Olympics I make, no matter how much money I make, how much, you know, um, corporate environment that I, ex I get exposed to, I just feel like something is missing and what I'm missing is, is an attachment to Dominica. So I've been thinking um, of launching my nonprofit organization next year that specifically target, targets the diasporas, the, the Dominican, um, Dominicans that are overseas and also specific projects in Dominica. I don't want it to be political based because I know everybody that's overseas have the different views of Dominica and everything. I just want to have it where we have a platform where we can develop sports and education in Dominica. This is the project for this year. If you would like to donate, this is what it's going to be like. And then I'd like it to be very transparent as well. I think we have enough people overseas that can make a significant change towards the development of sports and education in Dominica. Yes, we do have a government in place, but we also can do something um, on our own as well to kind of kickstart and, and stimulate that type of process. And that's basically gonna be the, the basis of the foundation is to target a specific um, education and sports project and then try to execute that project every year until we accomplish a, a nice um, portfolio of accomplishments that we have achieved in the island. Whether that's a basketball court, um, basketballs, footballs, um, an athletic um, long and triple jump pit at a school, or maybe a gym. We have no proper gym structure in Dominica and that's the foundation for strength. 
Fabian, we, we don't we don't we don't even have a proper playing ground. Exactly. We don't have a proper play with swings and slides. Exactly. All that is part of development. What if we can create a system where okay, people say like, okay, every month I get paid, I'm going to put a couple of dollars aside. That's going to be towards this national gyms um, um, center that is free for all um, students that are in Dominica, but anybody else outside will pay a contribution that will maintain the, the equipment and the building. Like those are things that we need. We want to be the next Jamaica in terms of using sports as a platform of advertising and promoting the island. But to do that, we need to have the foundation. Foundation means that we, we need to have a proper gym and facility that the athletes can actually go to and get stronger and build their talent and then export themselves to the U.S. where they can get free um, education and then give back to the country because you have to always think of where you come from. And no matter how successful I am, I will never neglect the fact that I, I'm a product of Dominica because that's actually what made me successful today. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Happy to hear that you're doing such wonderful things and you're planning to give back to Dominica. Now, in terms of um, reaching out to you, especially if anyone wants to assist with that project going forward, do you have some contact information you can leave with us? Yeah, um, you can reach me on my social, uh, my social media. All my social media is at, at FabJumper. You could just search my name, Fabian Florent. Um, you can find me, you can send me a message, but I really want to take this seriously. I don't mind um, traveling to different major um, Dominican-based cities in, in the U.S., like Atlanta and New York, and really have a nice little meeting to just discuss the plans and what we can actually achieve and try to make it as transparent as possible. Because one thing I've noticed with a lot of Dominicans that are overseas is everybody's really scared on who they give their money, where their money is going, and not sure if it's going to go to the right things. And I want them to actually trust me that, um, you know, that if we do this together, that we can actually deliver and, and create this opportunity for the youth that we have. Yes, certainly. So if you've, if you've been listening, we've been listening to a world-class Olympic athlete, Mr. Fabian Flora. He's joining us from the Netherlands. And we want to say congratulations to him. We're very proud to call him uh, Dominican as he continues to soar and he continues to reach the higher heights in sports and in business. So as we get ready to end the program, um, Fabian, do you have any final thoughts for us? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want you to continue doing the platform. Um, Push past 10 is just, it's wonderful. It's creating opportunities. And another thing is that I don't think people realize how much effort it takes to actually have a platform like this. Um, it's not just a matter of putting the camera on and getting a Dominican to speak. There has to be editing, there has to be research. So it takes a lot of effort and I want to thank you for that. I want you to continue doing it because you do show the potential of, of our island and you do show that, you know, what we have in Dominica and how great it is. So continue that. And I just want to tell everybody that's in Dominica right now, if they have any, you know, inspiration or dreams of being successful, just make a proper plan because you have to plan first. And then when you make the plan, you can see how you can actually get to your target. And that's one of the most important things that I did. And I believe if they do the same thing too, they can actually be successful. Yes, well, thank you so much um, for the kind words, um, Fabian. Again, it was wonderful meeting you and thank you for accepting my invitation to be on the program. And I look forward to following your continuing success and hopefully having you back on the program again. Definitely, thank you for your time. All right, thank you. And thank you for staying up late to be with us. No problem. You are Take listening care. to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. Fabian, thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for being a role model for so many of us in uh, in Dominica, from Dominica, and just people in general. Uh, we're certainly looking forward to the success of your nonprofit organization, and I'm hoping that you will keep in touch with us so that we can continue to work together to elevate our people, elevate our culture, and just elevate humanity in general. So again, thank you for being an inspiration, and thank you for taking time out to come to Untapped Potential and to share your story with us and of course we continue we have more inspiring guests coming up and next week we will be joined by a young man out of Dominica his name is Mr. Luciano Dupree and he as well 
is an inspirational guest, and he is the vice president of the youth arm of the Dominica Freedom Party, as well as the deputy chairman at the Caribbean Young Democratic Union. So we want to make sure that we are highlighting the accomplishments of our young people as well. And so Luciano will be a part of a series that I am calling Youth Development, because in the same way that we are highlighting those among us who are of a certain age and we have made it this far and we've done very well for ourselves, we want to also highlight the young people who are doing incredible jobs in terms of promoting their talents and promoting their skills. So we're looking forward to having Luciano join us next week, uh, Tuesday, 5.30 Eastern Time. Don't forget to set your reminder to be here with us. And again, as we mentioned in the beginning of the program, our topic for next week will be how do we make small changes which will impact our abilities to achieve our goals. So again, it is about making small changes. I'm not sure if you've ever worked with a personal trainer, but I think a lot of times where uh, personal training as an industry fails is that you walk in and you know on the first day, the trainer completely kills you, right? So they give you this tremendous amount of exercises to do. And for me, and maybe you've experienced it as well, it serves as a discouragement because to me, it simply tells you what you are unable to do because you're out of shape. And I also worked as a personal trainer. And what I did is I would introduce small changes to people's routine. I would talk about walking more. I would talk about parking further from a supermarket so that it gave you an opportunity to walk more. So that is going to be our focus next next week. How do we make those small changes that impact our life? So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the program. And I forgot to mention one of my biggest supporters, Miss Sharon Darvel, uh, when we were talking about our regular listeners. So Sharon, we want to make sure we shout you out because we know that you're always passing on the information and you're always sharing the flyers. So again, thank you so much for everyone who supports this program. So as always, we're at the end of the program and we encourage you to check out our podcast on pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com for any of the episodes that you may have missed. And of course, you know, we include the video interviews. So I will be sure to post my video interview with Fabian so you can take a look at that at the end of this evening. So it's been wonderful being with you. Thank you for being here with us today. Just a reminder to thank our sponsor, Peregrine Care Management Company, and to thank everyone who showed their support in one way or the other, especially when you recommend guests for the program. I do really appreciate that. So again, thank you for, for being here. Don't forget our virtual support community continues over on Facebook when we log out. So if you are on Facebook, be sure to look me up at P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10, push past 10 on Facebook so we can continue to motivate and inspire each other during the week. So as always, remember to stay positive, stay active, stay strong, and stay engaged. And remember, your life story is your strength. The challenges you have faced so far have prepared you for the challenges that you're facing today. So again, it's been my pleasure being here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. And I look forward to being in your company next Tuesday, 5.30 Eastern Time, as we continue our journey of, uh, you know, working on uh, and accomplishing our goals together. So until then, you take care and you have yourself a wonderful week.